Florific Network Entertainment. What is going on, everybody? This is Jimmy. This is another episode of the Horrific Podcast. Man, today we have a very cool guest. Uh, Ryan Brett Puckett is the uh, production designer for a new horror film called Boy Behind the Door that looks exceptionally creepy. And then he is also the production designer for American Horror Story Season 10. So we talk about that as well as uh, just uh, all kinds of stuff, man. Like his love that he has also for Halloween Horror Nights. So obviously there's a lot for us to talk about there. And uh, yeah, um, really just a solid all the way around uh, show with Ryan today. Um, Man, I'll tell you what. Tickets are on now officially on sale for Candyman this Thursday. It is the season finale of Campfire Chronicles, the recording of it anyway. Uh, it'll actually air next Tuesday. We have two more episodes of Campfire Chronicles for you. And I gotta tell you, man, we are super excited to have all of it done and that only means one thing halloween and haunt season it's here buddy it's coming we are just a couple of weeks away from the beginning of halloween horror nights 30 and then uh an extra week away from uh the start of our haunt season but it is not far away man it is not far away at all and you can see that full schedule up on um, everywhere here. Very, very soon, you will you will start to see that actually. And uh, it's a stacked schedule. It's it's definitely filled up. It's you know we are got teams everywhere. Um, you know, again, multiple states and online, cyberspace, like all of it, buddy, is just going to be really, really awesome. So Candyman, um, this Thursday, haunt season forthcoming, um, we're excited for it. We are going to, upon the season finale, actually, of, uh, of uh, this season of campfire chronicles we will actually be rolling on out um the uh, haunt season preview shows that we put together with creepy kingdom theme park duo higby horror hunt fast pass with us uh both of those shows so be on the lookout for those and then we will dive into uh haunt season those shows the, the preview shows will be coming, uh, I would suspect, within the first couple days of September, like right away. Uh, So get ready for that. That's really all I have for you, man. We're going to start doing more news. We're also uh, on TikTok now, so making cool videos for there. Uh, Ghost Executioners, our short film that we filmed last year, as we're wrapping up the I Won't Be Home for the Holidays and post-production, has it's been slow. Um, but that film is actually starting to get into some film festivals, so I'm very excited for that. And we will be uh, you know, sharing more news on that front here very soon. But yeah, man, I am excited for you guys to see the next the next stuff stuff that we're working on uh that being the second attempt at us making the house so that is coming up soon as well 
Um, yeah. Other than that, man, more news is going to be coming, like I said, probably on the next Horrific Podcast. And we will continue, you know, throughout um, all of that. But right now we are about to uh, get into our interview with Ryan. And I do think you guys are going to enjoy it a lot. So here it is. All right, gang, coming up on the show right now. Very excited to have this guy, especially because this movie that we're going to talk about has a very haunted house-like feel to it, and he is the production designer that uh, led the charge in uh, making it look very creepy. I am uh, stoked to have the boy behind the door production designer on the show, Mr. Ryan Brett Puckett. How you doing, sir? doing good how are you doing jimmy doing good man this like i said like we're getting close to haunt season the the house that the boys you know are in looks very creepy looks like it could be developed into something um the uh the thing too man like films like uh, uh don't breathe like that whole franchise getting the sequel like not having getting to check out this film fully yet but getting to see some stuff it has almost like that vibe to it like that really intense uh i guess survivalist i guess for lack of a better term horror film and uh this had to have uh, just been a really cool experience getting to design this whole aesthetic that went into this thing absolutely yeah i mean the I mean, the script was awesome, like right out of the gate. So it's, it's fun getting to sit down and like just read something and immediately start getting an idea of where you want to run with it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then watching it develop over time as we were figuring things out, um, was really exciting. Just the collaboration working between the directors and the cinematographer, figuring it out and, uh, getting a chance to check out the house location the very first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, immediately kind of sealed the deal. It's like, this place is sweet. It needs a ton of work, but we can totally make it work for the story. And I immediately felt really good about what we could do with it. And, uh, you know, seeing the final movie and how it came out, like I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with what we were able to achieve um, in terms of, you know, hopefully pairing that look with the the story and, you know, what needed to go on with the characters to you know have a cohesive feel for, for the audience watching it. You know, this job that you do in particular, production designer, it's not something that we get to have a lot of uh, guests come on and talk about working on a film. I don't know. It's like the, if we get, we do, we get like a, you know, a, a cool amount of actors, actresses, directors, yeah. uh, d- director of photography, even yeah. production design, man, is something that coming from film school where they make you do everything. So you have that appreciation, like production design, people, I think, underappreciate the amount of work that goes into something like that, like coming up with a a style and a lookbook and, you know, your, your palette and your collaborative, you know, having to like collaborate with, you know, team leads and everything to get this thing Mm -hmm. dialed in you know, fully from, you know, every angle that, uh, that is pretty, uh, almost like a, a producer in a, in a sense where you're, you know, you're designing the entire thing that the guy is producing. And then you have yeah. obviously the, the director, <clears throat> he or she is, is trying to execute the entire thing, but yeah, go, going through, I was just going to, say with that what was it that you got you into wanting to do that because going on like a movie tour like we just went to oh, warner right. brothers not too long ago and did their, cool. their thing. and that's like always one of the things that hangs me up is the you know the design especially when they leave like a sound stage untouched for a while yeah. and allow you to go see like the whole yeah. design production design aspect has always fascinated me so what what got you into wanting to do that Oh man. Uh, I think most of us that do this end up falling into it from a really, you know, oddball background. Like it's not something people like immediately go into film and, you know, 
as kids, they're like, I want to be a production designer. It's such mm-hmm. a weird, undefined job. And uh, I, I just grew up making weird things, you know, working in a shop, um, just tinkering around with, you know, anything from electronics to, you know, trying to build small things mm-hmm. and always kind of had that knack. And uh, when I was really young and started kind of like, getting caught by movies and uh it capturing my imagination i was always really uh enamored by things being being able to exist that you know really aren't out there like i grew up in a really bland suburban environment and to all of a sudden you know see something really fantastic in a movie that you know may or may not exist was like this really exhilarating thing um but i didn't know that's a job that people can actually do in terms of films and, uh, yeah. you know, I went and, you know, went to school, got normal job working in an office and, uh, sort of started stumbling into art a little bit, found myself in LA, uh, with some friends who are writers and producers and directors. And, uh, they brought me along to a, a, a feature film, like right when I moved here, I just needed a job and, uh, ended up doing a horror movie for Lionsgate, um, with some friends called children of sorrow, um, quite a while back. And, uh, had no idea what it, what it was. I just knew like, you know, there's someone with a camera, there's a director. I understand that at writers and actors. And, uh, we just came out and it's like, okay, we have to build, you know, a compound for a, a cult and we need to find things to make it look creepy. It's like, okay, I can figure out what, you know, creepy and interesting is. Yeah. And just started doing it. And, um, started getting calls from other people to do the same job. Um, and just started doing it because it was work and you know it beats walking dogs <laughs> which i was doing <laughs> for, sure, for sure for sure <laughs> I, I love animals too um and i i didn't really know understand what it was and I, I think i was probably doing it for two or three years before i actually started to admit like oh man i'm i'm a production designer i actually really love this and um actually started kind of throwing throwing my efforts into figuring out like how do you do the job well what where can I take this? You know, what type of movies do I love? And I'm um, really kind of focusing that vision and trying to figure out like, what kind of tools do I need to learn to start executing those ideas and, and bringing it to an actual um, screen for viewers. And uh, it's just kind of a, a constant learning process, but uh, yeah, we're always hiding, hiding behind the camera. Like we're not really the most uh, uh, out there people in uh on a film crew so it's like we don't do interviews as often about this kind of thing well it's, it and that's why it's cool to get to hear you you know talk about it when you did that film for Lionsgate when you first came out was that like when Lionsgate was the indie horror almost like the Blumhouse you know kind of came up totally. not too long ago yeah absolutely I think that was uh I think we sh- created it in 2011 and I think it was about 2012 or 2013 it came out um, and it's, it's still around every now and then I run into people who, uh, who've seen it. Um, it's, it's a great, great, uh, how to explain it sort of, uh, almost pseudo documentary cult film. That's like absolutely mm. creepy, um, and really cringe inducing. And, uh, uh, Bill Overs Jr. is the, the lead in it. He's absolutely phenomenal character in it. Um, and so, yeah, that kind of, that kind of started that path of like, I just fell into doing feature films really quickly and then, you know, had to learn all the rest of it. That's pretty cool, man. The, uh, the, uh, Lionsgate scene in that 2010, 2011 time. I mean, that was really when, uh, you know, the twisted pictures, like the saws and stuff, yeah. really, you know, instrumental. So I got, you know, having a, a, a horror film under that Lionsgate banner in that early 2010 timeline that that really is a a pretty dope uh era for like kind of a resurgence a new wave in horror especially yeah. indie horror oh yeah definitely so i kind of jumped into the deep end of that pool really quick without knowing what i was doing <laughs> <laughs> and you you know you progress and you find yourself to this the boy behind the door and when you when you work and you get the script in your hand, like, are you immediately as you read the thing, are you like, 
sketching up designs in your mind as you go? Do you like to read the whole thing, kind of digest it, come back to it? Like what was the process with boy behind the door and you, did you know instantly when you dove in or was it a more of a, let the story develop for you? Um, I mean, I think like most people, when I read, I, you know, you start to get like images in your head of what you expect the space to be based on the words you're, you're reading it, reading as you go through. But I have a, I have a tendency when I first get scripts to just plow through it Mm. and just let it wash over you and not pay attention to the work necessarily. Um, it's, I still love to be like captivated by movies and, you know, like really sucked into them regardless of, um, you know, being concerned about, you know, is this real or not? Like, is the emotion there that I'm really going to get excited about? And so I'll usually like plow through the script and, uh, and just really try to get a feel of the entire tone of it, like where it's going and, um, how it should feel. And then the next day I'll like reread it all over again and start thinking about like, okay, this is going to be really difficult to do. And, you know, how should this look? And like, what's the color going to be as we work through it? And, um, you know, it's like you'll read a script a hundred times by the time you're finished shooting the mm-hmm. film as you just like re- revisiting portions of it to For sure. to make sure that you're like working up a consistent arc from the beginning to the end that really says what you're hoping to to say with it, um, you know, as you're creating the imagery to, to help sell that story and sort of support the actors and everything else that's going on for it. So what was this? What was it about the story for you that you knew like this is going to be a really cool horror film? Oh man, uh, I really love the perspective of of the two boys in this scenario. Um, the like underlining, you know, just friendship thread that kind of pulls you through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like an interesting element of having this like wholesome wholesome core to something that's otherwise just really wretched across the, the surface. And I mean, mm-hmm. it's a really deplor- a deplorable premise that we just kind of skirt the whole way through. Um, and just seeing their determination and positivity of like working through this problem to like save themselves because their bond um, as friends is so strong. That part immediately grabbed me. And then, you know, kind of the, the twist of who, who's our kidnapper. Um, when I first read that on the page and like, you know, won't talk about it too much uh, just so we don't spoil anything for anybody who hasn't watched it, but like, you know, first time reading it on page and not having any clue, especially because you have no visual cues when you're reading a script, you know, to get two thirds of a way into it and then realize that all the stereotypes that you latch onto when you read or watch, you know, horror films or, you know, any, any popular media, you know, we, we kind of fall into these stereotypes of what you think something is supposed to be or who a certain person is, is mm-hmm. going to be in a context than to have that totally flipped on you. Um, totally blew me away. And it was like, okay, cool, let's do this. Like I was fully sold at that point and, uh, and really wanted to see that through in the best way possible. So that, at that point I knew it's like, I want to sit down with these guys and talk about it. And like, let's see what they would like to do. And, you know, if we can make this work. I know there's a particular, you know, the bulk of the house or the bulk of the movie, um, the conflict is centered around, you know, being in that, that house. And like you said, the two boys um, trying to figure out the situation and, and how to solve it and do it together. Was there a particular, you know, aspect of that house or even one of the scenes that isn't at the house that uh, you, you know, particularly enjoyed putting together for this. I mean, the house on a house on a whole was really fun to play with. I mean, it was an absolute nightmare. It was a really difficult location to work in to achieve the look we wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, it just wasn't a very accommodating space in terms of uh, making modifications to it. So everything we were doing was kind of like walking on eggshells um, mm-hmm. to preserve, to preserve the space and um, still achieve what we wanted to do. Um, but spending the time trying to figure out how to take the rooms that existed and turn them into a maze was like a really fun challenge. And it was like this evolving process over the course of like a couple of weeks in pre-production and even 
even I think we were like at least a week into production and we were still figuring out some of the other rooms, how to present them as they got to the end of um, the way they were working through the house until they could um, both get away freely. Um, that was like a really interesting and fun challenge. Cause it's like, you're kind of building a maze in your head mm-hmm. <laughs> and like constantly thinking out of it over courses of days of like, okay, well, from the camera's perspective, we're going to move through, a hallway in this certain direction and how's that going to look to the viewer and are they going to understand that once we cross through this door that we're in this different part of the house even though it didn't actually exist at the house and just trying to trying to work through that so hopefully it makes sense in the uh in the final way the film was cut and um i i feel like we did an okay job of it making sense it, it gets a little crazy at the end um as the house gets more confusing um but that was really fun. And, uh, the, the trunk scene at the beginning, uh, the early kidnapping stuff was a really fun challenge. Um, cause it's like, I mean, when we first sat down, it's like, how do you, how do you shoot kids in the dark and make it dramatic and have some tension there? Um, mm-hmm. cause it's like you, you always need a little bit of light to film, to see something, even though that's not how reality usually works if you're in a circumstance like that. And, um, For sure. you know, leaning, leaning on the sounds of the breathing and like kicking at the trunk and, um, little cracks of light starting to trickle in and lights starting to flicker as the wiring's kind of getting jostled around. Um, that was a really interesting challenge. And, uh, it's also fun when you just get to take the back half of a car and start cutting holes in it. So it's not yeah. something you get to do on a, on a normal day. You know, usually you're told not to destroy things like that. And then when it becomes your job, it's, uh, it's kind of fun to get a chance to hack something up and, uh, and make it work. So what did you guys use to carve up the hole in the car? Uh, a bunch of grinders, um, and, uh, a little bit of saws, um, metal saws. But yeah, I think we ended up cutting two, we had four different portholes cut into a single trunk. And uh, as we rotated through, the cameras would bounce around different different sides. And, you know, we'd shoot out a portion of, of the kids, or mostly Bobby, um, in there since he, he spent more time in the trunk than everybody. Um, but it was, it was an entirely different car than the one that they actually get shown, picked up in, and then the one that he finally jumps out of. So we had a, we had a primary car that was the, the kidnapper's vehicle that, you know, the kids get thrown into and you see them briefly with the trunk open, but then the car that they were actually in the trunk was a totally different vehicle. Um, that just, it, it was a cooler looking trunk. So we kind of shot with that cause it worked better for the story. And then, you know, figured out how to create those shots in a way that they could be edited together to feel like they were still in the original car and escaping from that. It was, it was a fun challenge to work through. And one of the, the first things that we were all concerned about and that we wanted to to figure out how to do, um, best as possible and, um, you know, safe for the kids. How was that experience of working with the kids? Every once in a while, there's a story, you know, you get like the stories like, you know, it and Bill Skarsgård scaring the shit out of them, you know, on set <laughs> up until the point, you know, this looks like it, it, a scary, but also be intense. C, yeah those two boys have to like put together like an acting performance that is really like solid with being, you know, the best friends that they are. Like you got to make people actually believe that, you know, they are, you know, who they're acting, who they're pretending to be. And so that's a, that's a lot to ask of uh, a kid actor. It's a lot to ask of a kid in general. And so, yeah. Whenever I think that's what makes like it stand by me from what I've seen in this movie. Uh that much cool more standout-ish, more special, a better horror film when you get performances like that. So what was that like on set seeing all that? How were they um, on set? I mean, that part was an absolute trip, and I think uh it's like a testament to how how professional uh, Lonnie and Ezra are, um, you know, the whole, I mean, almost the entire bulk of the movie is, is the two kids. And so like when you're working with, with younger actors, you have much more limited amount of time with them. And so there was a lot of, um, scheduling hurdles we had to deal with and like figuring out how we could get everything we needed with them. And so it was this intense pace of working with them, but in terms of like the emotion and giving the performances they needed, they were 
both so good at like turning it on as soon as it needed to be there. And, and then we'd call cut and they could like turn it back off and Mm. go back to being kids that were hanging out. And, you know, we were, we did shoot quite a few nights, but a lot of it happened in, in the daytime. And we kind of, you know, created the sets and worked with the lighting to, to sell it as like later in the evenings, middle of the night, um, you know, a lot of like rainy, dark weather. And so it's like, it would be bright, hot, sunny outside. We'd be in the house and immediately you're in this like oppressive, dark, you know, creepy maze. And, um, but they would still be like these, you know, bubbly, happy kid personalities. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'd get through these super intense scenes where it's just like almost like heartbreaking and, you know, they've got tears coming down their faces and they like look like they're absolutely scared to death and you yell cut and it's like, all right, cool. We've got to do like a little switch over with some lights and camera. Like you guys can come back in 15 minutes and they'd be like immediately down in the parking lot with an RC car or a soccer ball, just having a blast. Hmm. Um, and it was, I think it helped keep everything really fun and relaxing on set. Um, because everybody was just really stoked to be just like working with a bunch of people that were like happy and really enjoying the project. Um, and giving these great performances. And so it gave you that little like brief breather to kind of like relax and, uh, and energize and then dive back more into this really intense, dark shooting. How long? Um, so it was, go ahead. Sorry. Um, it it just, it made for an interesting experience and it kind of contradicted the, you know, the usual stereotype of, you know, don't work with kids and animals and, and movies. Like it, it wasn't like that at all. So it was, it was great. When did you guys film it? Oh man, that was, uh, I think we started pre-production or at least I did late in January of 2019. And I think we started shooting mid February or so. And so it was like February through March of 2019. Um, so it was kind of early weird LA weather time so we had a few rainy days a lot of weird warm sunny days and we had to figure out how to make all all of it look like it was you know moody winter somewhere the whole time the the thing about that too is is looking into that is shooting production wise you guys didn't have uh, a whole lot of hassle yet with the coronavirus then no like it uh, fortunately came in uh well before that and, uh, you know, I think, you know, maybe I had some hiccups with the, the film getting released. Uh, mm-hmm. it would have been, it would have been nice if we could have like actually gone to some festivals cause it, it did really great at festivals and we just had to like sit home and watch it, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, streaming, which it's like, I'm, I'm glad a lot of people got to see it that way. Cause sometimes it's hard to make it to festivals and only like a limited number of people get to, to view like some amazing, like creative films. And so there was kind of a, an upside of streaming being available for that, for this one. But, uh, it was, it was nice not having any, any of those production um, constraints by the time we got through that. It's, it's interesting the way that, uh, and maybe rightfully so, but it's just interesting the way that it's really kind of changed, revolutionized the way that these films are being made now. Like we uh, you know, just did a low budget short with some actors who are, you know, were theater actors and then obviously couldn't work in the theater right now, but mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, everything from, you know, we just watched, we got Disney plus and we watched Rhea and the last dragon. And there's a behind the scenes thing. That's literally like every actor, actress in that film and everybody who cut that film did it from home, which is yeah. wild to, to yeah, absolutely. And you know, you know, horror movies, um, on Shutter, you know, speaking of which, um, you you had a film earlier during the pandemic, like Host, that was on mm-hmm. Shutter, and that was completely, you know, obviously filmed at home as the, the whole thing takes place over like a, a Zoom call. Like yep. the, the fact that uh, that kind of has shaped the way that the entertainment industry is now going to exist is pretty wild since this movie which everybody needs to check out but since this movie in your experience like have you worked on a project where you have you know had to account for coronavirus yet 
Oh, oh, very much. Uh, I was and still am uh, working on American Horror Story. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Currently, my, uh, the production designer on that, um, Chloe Arbiture, um, is a good friend that we, we all kind of came up together. And it was just it was pure happenstance. Uh, towards the end of 2019, I had just finished up uh, working some projects and they were starting season 10 and they're like, Hey, do you want to come over and work with us on season 10? And it's just like, absolutely. Like, Hey, working with friends is great. And a chance to work on something like horror story. It's like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. And I think we were about, you know, two months into just prepping when everything shut down. And so we ended up, you know, working off and on over the course of um, all the stay at home orders, trying to, you know, finish designs, create sets, get construction stuff going all while working at home. And then as things slowly started opening up, we were some of the early productions to get back into working on the studio lots mm. and into picking up where we left off. Um, once everybody went home to get ready. And then by, you know, later in the year, we started shooting full time and it's, you know, masks, face shields, very rigid protocols in terms of, you know, where you can and can't go, keeping way less people on sets. Um, and it's, it's been very successful and like we've worked through the show really well, but it's, it's a completely different experience than, you know, working anything just a year before that. And it's, it's an interesting adjustment for sure. You know, we've gone to, uh, interview Aaron at the, the festival that we have done, uh, or that we do the panel production for the Comic-Con, Aaron Kruger, uh, <laughs> who did the makeup for like Twisting oh, yeah. Clown and stuff earlier yeah. in, in the, the heydays of uh, American Horror Story. Yes. Uh, what have really caught a lot of attention after, after Freak Show, that it was just like Walking Dead stratosphere status. And now yep. season 10, that's, that's awesome, man. Congratulations. I mean, the marketing, the marketing design, uh, material starting to like really start to come out heavily now as we're getting closer oh, along yeah. with, you know, horror stories that's out yes. right now kind of as the countdown yep. to season 10. Oh yeah, um, definitely. That, uh, but man, like the fact that you, you know, you're adding like talent, like Macaulay Culkin to that cast, like <laughs> that's, that's freaking wild. Um, it's it's going to be a wild season. I can, I can assure you it's going to be an interesting one for, to watch for sure with uh you know with that i gotta you know the production design i gotta tell you being that kind of a, a nerd who gets blown away by that stuff american horror story has been there the house from boy behind the door looks like it could be a house that could be used do you go to a uh you know halloween thing like do you go to universal for halloween horror nights at all oh god i absolutely love it it's oh, right. so much fun okay. It's so okay. fun. <laughs> um, is there a particular house that as a production designer, you were like, holy shit, like this is freaking awesome. Oh man. Like it at horror nights or just like yeah. a house in a film. I mean, well, horror either, nights. either or horror, horror nights always blows me away just because it's a situation where they're building like true to form it feels like true to form, like movie sets. It is. For, yeah. For the thing. It's amazing. Uh, man, that's a toss up. I think I got to do it twice. Um, and like I've mentioned this before in other interviews, like I'm a sucker for alien period, mm. but I mm. think, uh, isn't it like an, it's like an alien versus predator yeah. house. They do that. Yeah, a, every time yeah. I do it, I love it. And the fact that, you know, alien is such a, um, distinct and difficult, character to do like in terms of like a really wild proportioned costume right and for them and for them to do a house like that with so many people in a costume like that like sneaking out of corners and jumping out of places at you so effectively um, that's the one that like i run out the other side of it just like screaming and giggling at the same time yeah yeah. (laughs) it's so good yeah that was kind of like i don't know if you got to do uh, I think it was the year before, so two years ago, year before they had to cancel, uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of like the same deal where I was more, 
they got me a couple times, but it was more the fact that they like were able to maneuver in the big costumes and everything. Yeah, and absolutely. That's pretty cool. Um, the, uh, the fact that you talk about aliens, that franchise, you know, the, you talk about, you know, production design. I mean, my God, um, was there a film, you know, in straight horror that you, you loved? Cause I mean, the aliens is definitely, you know, sci-fi horror, obviously, but yes. was there a like straight, uh, horror movie when you were a kid, like uh exorcist or like jaws or anything that really got you in and if it was alien if it was if it was alien that was alien but i'm curious like everybody always says you know it was jason michael freddy or exorcist jaws those are like the top five and every once in a while we get some like outliers like night of the living dead or a a foreign those are good ones um, as like a really young kid yeah, who wasn't necessarily into horror jaws, jaws was the one that I first watched where like legitimately scared me and kind of like traumatized me for a bit, mm. but it's also such a well done meticulous, uh, movie that like I can, I think I watch it at least once or twice a year normally. Uh, and like the scares still work perfectly even when you know they're coming <laughs> every sure. time which i think is like a yeah. testament to a really good film um but like i for some reason i i fell into watching a lot of um like hitchcock and hitchcock mm. type stuff as a young kid and it's like you know by by today's standards it's certainly not like scary 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 um right. but like you know the birds and things like that really kind of captured my imagination as a kid yeah. Um, and so it's like little things like that. Um, but I feel like there's a big gap in time from being like a really small child until like teens where all of a sudden I just didn't care or really pay attention to movies. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all just like, oh, I'll watch Dumb and Dumber or Ace Ventura or something like that. Cause that's just what my friends were watching, but mm-hmm. nothing that I got really excited about. And then as I got older, um, you know, like when seven came out, that absolutely blew my mind as far as like, it's a sort of a horror. It's a thriller. Like the, the cinematography, the production design, the editing, the music are just absolutely impeccable and like, not like anything I'd ever seen before and stuff like that really started getting the gears working in my, in my head about thinking of film as like this creative thing that actually, you know, people have to think about and, um, you know, sit there and work out all the details until they can make it so that we can then watch it. And it was like things like that kind of like, really what started me in the direction of kind of where I ended up now. That's awesome, man. The, the fact too, that, uh, you're getting a feature and a featured series out, uh, really within, you know, call it the last third, last quarter of 2021, like towards the end of 2021. Uh, that's a pretty, uh, awesome way to, uh, end out the year. It's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> I think I think I think COVID kind of compressed everything, and now all of a sudden, uh, hopefully, you know, once once people started getting a chance to shoot again, I feel like we might have had this like hole where not a lot was coming out. Now, you know, towards the end of this year and next year, I think a lot of really interesting films and projects are going to start hitting the uh, the streamers and the theaters. Hopefully, once we can get back into them more consistently. Um, for sure. And we'll, we'll start getting to, you know, have those experiences that we love around various, you know, films and series. Yeah. It definitely starts to feel, it's starting to feel like we're in that like backstock phase where like every weekend now it's like multiple things, either shows and or films are coming out and it's getting to be like going from starving to struggling to keep up which is yes talking about like first world problem, but (laughs) um, you know, with that, I'm, you know, obviously you're busy, you're working on the show and stuff, but is there something that you're watching in your downtime right now that you're like, this is super rad, not even horror necessarily. Oh man. Uh, I haven't been able to watch nearly as much stuff as I wanted, but I have been a sucker for like the Disney plus Marvel stuff lately 
Yeah. Um, and I'm not even like a big Marvel person, but, uh, Loki and WandaVision, I think are some of the most interesting things I've seen in a while. (laughs) So, and I mean, they still, you know, play with a lot of the, you know, the styles and the things we expect out of those movies, but I think they got a chance to sort of like twist it in just enough way to get really interesting. And those, those kind of excited me a bit lately. Yeah. And, uh, I'll tell you, man, we went to Avengers campus at Disneyland. Oh, how is it? I'm dying to go. It's pretty dope. Like I'm definitely, I'm, I'm definitely more star Wars and my wife is definitely more Marvel. The more (laughs) like you, especially you being in production design, the thing that I kept saying to her every time we walked in there is with bugs land when it was bugs land, it felt very small and whatever they did, the way that they put the buildings at the angles that they put them in, it's like an optical illusion that makes you think that you're in like a space. That's like three times the size that you're in. (laughs) And it, and it like, it makes, it makes it super cool. Like you come to the middle of kind of like the hub where the ride and the restaurant and Dr. Strange and everything is at. And it's pretty dope. Like it's like, have you been to the star Wars one yet? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, both that's what I was curious about the Avengers campus, you know, that, that Disney Imagineer magic of, of playing with perspective and layouts to really put you in immersive space is something that I absolutely love. And I was absolutely dying for, um, galaxy's edge to open. Cause it's like, yeah. you know, they, they spent so much time working out that, that world. And, um, I mean, I'm a pretty big, big sucker for any time I can just wander around Disney and like admire the artistry that the craftspeople put into like, you know, the subtle details of just like how they edge out a fence, yeah. um, and transition, yeah. you know, various things and everything. It's, it's everything we do creating films, but you know, they have to make it in a real world circumstance where everybody can just walk up and touch it. It's not, you know, distance on a screen. Um, it's my wife always teases me because I always wig out at the transition tunnel of galaxies (laughs) and frontier land. And I always, I always look up and she's like, she always just shakes her head and I'm like, you have to understand (laughs) like the dopeness of the fact that you're going from like, Moab, Bryce Canyon, Utah to whatever. I'm like, look at the texture and like, look at all that. And she's like, you are a huge, I'm like, I get it, but it's pretty, it's pretty. I'm that person. We do it all day. (laughs) Our our things when we're there with friends, we walk around and we just like tap on things. It's like, what's it made of? (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's the, that's the movie magic of it too, man. Like the whole, it looks like a rock, but it's really a piece of styrofoam. Like that whole thing. Like, um, the uh yeah the marvel land they have loki which i don't know what he's wearing now but when that show was coming out the the, like walk around loki character was changing his get up depending on what was happening on the show so so the first like the first couple weeks he's like in his inmate suit and then he's like progressed to the like the TVA shirt and tie, but he still had the collar thing on. Um, oh, cool. The, the week we were there, we had that Loki and we were on, we were in Cal, uh, California adventure on a Tuesday and, and a Thursday. And I told my wife, I'm like, Oh shit. Like we're going to see two different ones. Why? Yeah. And so he went, Wednesday night we're in Disneyland and the social media like drops this trailer and it's the presidential, uh, let's take a stab at, you know, Trump-esque Loki from like season or from like F5. And yep. he's like doing this proclamation inside of Avengers Campus. And I'm like, he's like, they're going to wow. fucking do that tomorrow. And, <laughs> and so he shows up. And if you watch like videos on YouTube or whatever, they do like this really cool stunt show. And it's like this multi-leveled building. And so the, there's constant characters in that land. And if they're not taking photos directly with you, they're like showing up on the different levels of this building and waving at you. Oh, and wow. So when I say people are thirsty for Loki, people are thirsty for Loki right now. <laughs> and uh, we had seen the TVA one on Tuesday night. 
And the way they're doing it, which is not like any better than just having people line up, but I guess the coronavirus protocol for the characters to not have a line. So now the answer is everyone just gathers in a mosh pit and whoever like gets to go up, goes up. (laughs) And uh, so he was, he's up like on this bench and he's standing there. So the picture is like, you're in front of him. And I went up there and my wife was like, you cut a bunch of, in front of a bunch of people. I'm like, there's no line. Like, I don't know what you want me to do. She's like, okay. She did a selfie and we were gone. And so two days later, fast forward, we know it's presidential Loki. I'm like, I'm like, that's the coolest one. Like we're going to get a picture of him now. And I'm like, I'm asking the lady. I'm like, okay, like, do I got to tip you some money? Like when's Loki coming out? And she's like, (laughs) (laughs) she like gets a grand and she's like, he's going to show up at like two o'clock. I'm like, okay, cool. Come back at two o'clock. And he's up on the balcony. Like shit. Like we're not going to get this cool picture with them. We wave at him, whatever. This dude walks up and he's like, Hey, like the one time he's on like floor level one in that costume is at three o'clock. Like that's the Uh, only chance. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. So now it's like two 30. Everyone's like, kind of like gathering. They're like, don't line up. Don't line up. (laughs) Everyone's just kind of like circling around each other. And, uh, like three o'clock hits three two fifty five hits and Iron Man comes out. Everyone's like, shit, like, like, (laughs) like, like, uh, movie jingle all the way with the bobcat and uh so then they do the stunt show and so they're like we have to back you up we're gonna do the stunt show and there was like one cast member that was like first five people in line don't worry about it i got you i got you don't worry about it and so we like we back up as soon as the sun shows over with huge mob because at this point everybody knows loki's about to show up and that cast member like pulled up, like he's like this guy, this girl, this girl, this oh, guy, cool. and it was like being in a Marvel movie. It was like Endgame yeah. all oh, over again. Cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, they when you get a chance, that it's definitely worth going over there. And the food uh, that they did there, if anything, it's worth going and just eating at the Ant Man restaurant because everything was super good that sounds amazing i'm excited Uh, now cool but man like i know getting back on the horror thing the boy behind the door that film is now available for people to check out right yep i think uh thursday last thursday it premiered so so um all the, the the regular streaming amazon apple all that stuff Ooh, actually i don't know i think it might just be exclusively to shutter right now oh i haven't i haven't okay we'll definitely look that up put it in the show notes i i do yeah i'm curious you may be right because i know on the trailer the you know the shutter logo does the the flicker on the bottom of the screen so it may just be shutter for a little bit before it does go to vod but we'll we'll find out um the uh but the film does look awesome i can't wait to watch the full thing I cannot wait. That's uh, I hope, you know, later on in the fall, you'll come back in after American horror story does it, you know, has its full <laughs> run. So I can ask you questions and be like, bro, on this episode, when this <laughs> happened, uh, uh, did you uh, get to see any of this stuff uh, as you were prepping for season 10? Did you get to see any of the stuff uh, for American horror stories? I have not. They are completely independent of us. Um, And yeah, like they're, they're on the lot near us, but we don't know what the, what they've been shooting. I haven't even had a chance since it started What three weeks now since the first one up. Uh, Yeah. It's like three or four. Yeah. I kind of, yeah, I think this week was maybe the fourth episode. Um, I need to, I need to catch up and see what they're doing because I know, quite a few of the people that have been making it and we've both been just buried staying up with, you know, what, what our task at hand is. Um, so I have no idea what, what each other are doing. So I'm curious to see what they made of it. Number one, I can tell you, cause I always do the thing where it comes out weekly 
Unless it's something like Mandalorian where I cannot wait. I'll always give it like two, <laughs> always give it like two or three weeks. That way I can kind of binge yep. a little bit and mm-hmm. then kind of cycle something else and come back two or three episodes. There it is. And yep. uh, so I'm through number one and two on horror stories. And it centers, I was like super stoked. It centers around House from season one and the, the rubber. Good. Cool. It's a cool, very cool, like homage. It's cool to see American Horror Story uh, kind of really build upon this universe that it spent all this time building, but now it's actually like like giving it its own like separate thing too, which is is dope. There's a lot of cool stuff to pull from there and work on. Anyway, man, where can everybody keep track on you? See you. you know, what you do have uh, and you are able to share with like the socials and such, where can everybody see oh, what you're man. I mean, if anybody follows me on social, I think they're just going to end up getting cat photos and food pictures. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I think I'm at like Ryan B. Puckett on Instagram and that might be the only one I actually update other than my website, um, which Website never gets updated until a show's already out, so it's not particularly exciting, unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, hopefully, just as I uh, as new projects are done, I can just keep you know chatting places like here uh, about what people can see coming up soon. Right on, man. Well, we will definitely uh, be keeping in touch. Like I said, once Horror Story does its thing, and uh, anytime you got something fun in the works that you want to talk about, we definitely will look forward to getting you back on, but thank you for taking the time. Absolutely. Yeah. It was a treat. Thanks, Jimmy. Right on. And there you go, man. That concludes this horrific podcast. We will be back next week. Tomorrow. We have a huge show for you. Huge Disneyland uh, tribute show that we haven't posted yet kind of actually completely forgot about it but it it is an entertaining listen for sure so make sure you check that out and then also we have a fun campfire chronicles we're watching jason's zombie film and then uh on top of all of that we have a uh, couple writing with horrific shows to put out this week as well so it's going to be a full week of podcasting for you guys um, moving into next week and uh, it's just going to keep continuing also the videos from Sinister Creature Con will be going up here uh, very soon so stay tuned for that anyway thank you for listening and uh, stay spooky this week man haunt season is almost here The Horrific Podcast is a product of The Horrific Network, owned and operated by Jimmy Wienholz and all Horrific Network Productions. We are not affiliated with any major studio or production company other than our little independent production company, The Horrific Network. To stay up to date on all of our showings and goings on, follow The Horrific Network on all social media platforms. And as always, stay spooky, everybody.